folks, Dr. Travis McMacken here. Welcome or welcome back, as the case may be. Thank you for choosing to spend a bit of your day with me. I hope that I can at least help you to think some interesting thoughts. I'll be back with you in a moment after the music ends. Today, I'd like to talk with you a little bit about this book, Schleiermacher's On Religion, Speeches to Its Cultured Despisers. Friedrich Daniel Ernst Schleiermacher, one of the more fun names to say in the history of theology. He's widely regarded as the father of liberal Protestant theology, working at the very turn of the 18th to the 19th century. This was uh, his first major publication, and uh, he later went on to write the much longer uh, Christian Faith or Gobbenslehre in the German, uh, which is a full systematic uh, theological treatment. But this uh, was in his, young, in his youth, uh, so to speak, and he was setting out some of his early ideas, uh, some of which he would depart from and others of which would take new forms and others of which would stick around. I'm talking about this book today because uh, about a year and a half ago, I uh, made a recording for some of my students talking about this book. It was in a class called Faith and Reason that I taught for a number of years and that I'm no longer going to be teaching, unfortunately, due to some curriculum uh, revisions. But it was a great course. I really enjoyed it. We looked at um, knowledge of God and revelation and things like that through the Western tradition primarily, although we also got into some uh, Islamic and Jewish thinkers that interacted with that tradition. And I had a reader uh, that I used along with that, but we also paused at various points and engaged with some primary sources like Augustine, like Calvin, and also like Schleiermacher. And in that class, I assigned my students to read uh, Schleiermacher's speeches, and then we would spend a couple weeks working through those speeches and talking about them. Well, the last time I taught this class about a year and a half ago, for one reason or another, we ended up having to cancel the last day, the day that we would have spent on the fifth of Schleiermacher's five speeches on religion. And at that time, just to keep my students up to date, because they had to write a book review on it, I decided to make a video of uh, myself talking about some of the most important things in the fifth speech uh, for them, so that they would get that overview and be able to go on and combine it with their own reading and write a solid book review uh, or paper that they were working on for that speech. So I was digging through some of my archives the other day and I saw that there and I thought to myself, well, I'm never going to teach that class again, never going to need that recording, might as well throw it up for folks to enjoy and benefit from or ignore completely uh, depending on uh, the case. So uh, that's what's going to follow. Uh, I'm going to edit that down to try to take out as much of the class specific stuff as I can, uh, but then you can enjoy thinking with me about Schleiermacher's fifth speech uh, on religion. Uh, one other point, I'm working from uh, Richard Crowder's uh, translation in the Cambridge Texts in the History of Philosophy series. Um, I always assigned for my students the second edition of that book, which is nice and short, fairly affordable. But if you go find the first edition of that book, published in 1988, you will find a much longer introduction by Crowder, and I highly recommend that long introduction to you if you want to get a grip on what Schleiermacher is up to in this really important work. So uh, I recommend Schleiermacher to you and Schleiermacher's book and especially Crowder's very long introduction in the first edition. Uh, but without further ado, uh, here we go on Schleiermacher's fifth speech. So uh, to begin, let's look at page 96, which is right at the beginning of the speech. And uh, on page 96, uh, we hear Schleiermacher speaking about the necessity 
of having multiple religious traditions. Uh, in the religions, Schleiermacher tells us we are to discover religion, and that's really key because Schleiermacher has a predisposition against any idea that religion can somehow be abstract or disconnected from actual religious traditions. So you have to look at the particular religions. And he also makes the point on this page, on page 96, uh, that the different religious traditions are not parts to a whole. And this really precludes relating them in a, a linear sort of development where certain religions are strictly speaking more developed than others or higher or uh, superior in some way to others. Uh, it also precludes the idea that everybody in all the different religious traditions, as long as they develop their religious perception to a certain point, will ultimately reach agreement or reach the same uh, religious level and shape. Instead, Schleiermacher says, I have presupposed the multiplicity of religions and I likely find them rooted in the essence of religion. In other words, it's something basic to religion as such that it should come to expression in multiple different forms, multiple different religious communities and traditions. And this is because uh, religion ultimately comes down to intuiting the universe as a whole in particulars. And that's uh, ultimately key here. Uh, you have to get the sense of the whole in any given particular, not just by heaping a bunch of particulars together as if each particular was part of the whole. So if you get the universe as a whole in the particulars, then you can access the universe as a whole through any number of different particulars and what uh, your religious tradition is going to look like can very easily uh, differ depending on the particulars in question. Now, before we get to elaborate on that a little bit, I just want to go over to 98, because on 98, Schleiermacher starts talking about natural religion, and you can see that he doesn't care very much for natural religion. He's much more interested in what he calls positive religions. And so his primary complaint about natural religion, if you look there toward the middle of page 98, you'll see that he says, little of the unique character of religion shines through in the natural religion idea. And basically the idea with natural religion is the same as natural theology or natural law. You look around at the world and the way the world is set up and you try to draw conclusions about how you should behave, what you should think about God, or what it means to be religious. And in each of these cases it's primarily an intellectual undertaking. And remember, Schleiermacher doesn't think that religion is the same as metaphysics or morals. These might be fine procedures when it comes to metaphysics or morals, but it has absolutely nothing to do with intuiting the universe. So Schleiermacher is predisposed against natural religion, and he says that there's little of the unique character of religion in that. Uh, in the positive religions, however, you get lots of the unique character of religion. So every positive religion has exceedingly strong features. If you look at any particular religious traditions, uh, tradition, they have lots of things that are unique to them, lots of unique ways of thinking and speaking and ideas and images and symbols, but you don't get this in natural religion. All of that uniqueness, all of that particularity is removed if you're just thinking about it uh, as some kind of abstract religiosity. And so he gets into this a bit more on page 100. Uh, when he's talking about how the different intuitions of the universe uh, work. And basically his point is that if you're going to intuit the universe, you need to do so through particulars. 
you only intuit the universe as a whole through particulars, as we've seen him say over and over again. You can't do it through abstract generalities like you get in natural religion. And the positive religions are these determinate forms in which, the inf in which infinite religion manifests itself in the finite. So all of that uniqueness and particularity of the particular religions is precisely how you get access to intuiting the universe as a whole. Natural religion cannot claim to be something similar, Schleiermacher says, because it doesn't have those kinds of particulars. So natural religion isn't actually helping you intuit the universe as a whole in any way. So every intuition of the infinite exists wholly for itself. It's dependent on no other. The whole of religion cannot possibly exist otherwise than when all these different views of each intuition that can arise in such a manner are really given. In other words, until you've intuited the universe as a whole, in all of the universe's particulars, you haven't exhausted religion. And because the universe is infinite, it's constantly changing and developing as it expands through time and space, then you can never really get to the bottom of religion. You can't encapsulate it in some abstract or general theory like natural religion tries to do. All you can do is try to access it through the particulars of particular religious traditions. Each of which, these particular religious traditions, is thoroughly determined by the different principle of relation in it, such that all these traditions are true individuals, all of that from around the middle of page 100. So each religious tradition has something particular about the way in which it intuits the universe as a whole, and something particular about the relationship in which it sets you to the universe as a whole through that intuition, and that's what gives it its unique character. So if we jump ahead a few pages to 104, we see him talking about natural religion again, and he says basically natural religion uh, just is a way of talking about different types of religion. You can categorize particular religious traditions into different types or categories so that um, some of them are going to be pantheistic, some of them are going to be monotheistic, some of them are going to be polytheistic. All of these are different types then you can describe families of traditions in these sorts of terms, but that's not really giving you the actual tradition itself. So natural religion can function in that way. But positive religions are really where it's at if you want to intuit the universe as a whole. And the thing that makes a particular positive religion what it is, is the particular intuition that is at the center of it. So let's see here. Uh, right at the bottom of 104, it talks about, in a positive religion, one intuition must be dominant, or else it is as good as nothing. So in Christianity, for instance, the dominant and central intuition is going to have something to do with Jesus. In Buddhism, it's going to have something to do with enlightenment and escape from suffering, and etc. But each religious tradition needs to have that dominant intuition that shapes and structures the rest of one's encounter with ultimate reality through those particulars. And that's what makes each religion different, is it has that unique character. Consequently, each religious tradition is contextual. So I'm looking now at page 108. So each religious tradition is tied to its context, because remember, we never intuit the universe as a whole in an unmediated way. It's always through those finite particulars. 
And each culture in each point of time through history is going to have different ways of structuring our encounter with reality. They're all going to have different languages. They're all going to have different cultural symbols and values and things like that that are going to make those intuitions of the infinite uh, different and provide different characters to these positive religions. The human, no human being can come into existence as an individual without simultaneously through the same act also coming into a world, into a definite order of things, and being placed among individual objects, so also a religious person cannot attain his individuality without, through the same act, also dwelling in a determinate form of religion. Both are the effect of one and the same moment, and therefore one cannot be separated from the other. So just as you're born into history in a particular time and place, so your intuition of the universe as a whole happens in a particular time and place. And that dominant intuition for any positive religious tradition happens in a particular time and place. And because of this, those different religious traditions have their own character and have their own shape. They are contextual. They are designed to function in a particular religious environment and cultural environment so as to help people uh, shape their intuition of the universe as a whole. And it's not just about contextuality at any given moment. There's also a historicity here. Not only is it a particular place and a particular culture, but a particular time, as I've been saying. So on page 112, Schleiermacher says, religious people are thoroughly historical. They're not interested in abstract truth. They're interested in truth as it's perceived through time. And they want to understand themselves in a particular place and time so that they can understand their particularity. Everything depends upon finding your basic intuition, and all knowledge of the particular avails you nothing so long as you do not have this. And you do not have it until you're able to explain everything particular from this perspective. That's what happens with these dominant intuitions and the positive religious traditions. They're used as that center to the web for how you organize all of the rest of your way of being in the world and understanding of the world and perception of the religious. And that happens in historical context as much as it happens in cultural context. So uh, these particular religious traditions are not only contextual, but they're also historical in character. And then what Schleiermacher does through the rest of this speech is he kind of plays out these principles for how uh, the different positive religions are structured. And he looks at a few different of them. He looks especially at Judaism, and he looks at Christianity, and kind of unfolds all of this into his uh, criticisms of religious traditions, many of which we've seen before, uh, but also trying to identify what the truth in each of these traditions are. What's that dominant perception, that dominant intuition of the universe as a whole that's structuring all the rest of it? And, of course, when he's discussing Christianity, he has uh, lots of different fronts that he's working on at the same time. And remember that one of the primary things that the culture despisers, his romanticist friends that he's speaking to in these speeches, uh, one of the primary things that they don't like about religion is its connection with the state and how it tends to be involved in thought policing. And we've seen Schleiermacher all the way down the line saying, no, 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 if people are thought policing, they're not doing religion correctly. He wants to separate himself from all of that. And he does that again in this speech. So right toward the end at page 123, he says, nothing is more unchristian than to seek uniformity in religion. 
Nothing is more unchristian than to try to impose some kind of uniformity. Why? Because each person is going to intuit the universe in their own particular way, and given their different contexts, and some of them might be within the Christian religious tradition. But again, each positive religion is only one approach to the infinite. And you need to be alive and awake to all of the other different approaches. And you certainly don't want to get in the way of people developing their uh, own separate approaches to the infinite, whether that can be related back to Christianity's dominant intuition or not. To do so would be to stifle religion and just prove that you don't understand religion in the first place. So all of those Christians who are trying to say, no, you have to be this way, you have to think this way, and wanting to rule out other forms of religious expression and existence, Schleiermacher says, no, you are doing it wrong. Let the universe be intuited and worshipped in all ways, Schleiermacher said. There's no reason why we should foreclose on some uh, while supporting others. To do so means you don't understand that what we're really doing is intuiting the universe as a whole through particulars, and that this intuition can be done through any number of different particulars, both within the Christian tradition and outside of it. So Schleiermacher wants us to remain open to all those other intuitions of the universe and all those other religious traditions and all the different religious traditions that may yet develop. So those are some key points in Schleiermacher's fifth speech. Again, one of my uh, all-time favorite books in religion and theology. You've been listening to the McCracken Cast. I am and hopefully will remain Dr. Travis McMacken. I do all the production work myself, in case you couldn't tell. But the music is by my son, Connor. Until next time, think interesting thoughts.